You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 705 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning here in Atlanta, and I record right now after a 130-114 to loss for the Hawks at the hands of the Toronto Raptors up there in Canada. A interesting game in some respects, also sort of a painful one to watch in a lot of other respects, and we'll spend the entire show because there really isn't any news to tackle at this moment on the Hawks front, so we will tackle just the game itself on this podcast, and then we'll dig into some other stuff later on in the week. So, as for the game, coming in, to the night. The Hawks were pretty short-handed in this spot. They were uh, already ruling, ruling out DeAndre Bembry, Alex Lynn, and Jabari Parker, of course. And then Bruno Fernando went from questionable with a calf injury that he suffered on Sunday to uh, being ruled out before game time. So the Hawks were without two of their, you know, three and a half, four centers that they have on the roster, in addition to Bembry with, with a little bit less wing depth than usual. So a pretty tough spot for the Hawks on the road. And particularly brutal to be without the two centers against a big physical front court from the Raptors. And obviously Toronto is much better than Atlanta just as an overall team. So already a tough spot on the road. Um, Toronto was a little bit shorthanded on their own right without uh, Ronda Hall Jefferson and Patrick McCall. But both of the, both those guys play, but not, not, not exactly key contributors. So not a, not necessarily a balanced scale in that way. Um, with that, with all that said, the Hawks were 12 and a half point underdogs in this spot, and the projections were in the same realm there. So basically what I want to say at the top is the Hawks were not supposed to win this game coming into the night. Um, there were moments in this game when they probably could have been a lot closer to winning and probably could have been a lot more, a lot more competitive if they simply made shots. But big picture, losing this game by 16 points is nothing terrible to be talking about. With that said, they were down by nearly 30 in the fourth quarter, and I think the, the final score was probably a little bit misleading. This game probably felt a little bit more like a blowout than the final score indicated, so all of that uh, sort of goes into the mix here of what was, I would say, a relatively disappointing night, even though it wasn't an absolutely terrible performance from the Hawks. Um, just as a reminder here, the Hawks did almost pull off a miracle comeback against the Rap- against these same Raptors last week on MLK Day at home when they were pressing late and kind of almost pulled off pulled off a crazy one at the end. Uh, and Trey Young sort of carved them up in the first two meetings, averaging 36 points a game. In this spot, though, he wasn't necessarily as, as dynamic as he often is off the dribble and scoring, um, and I guess with one exception with a uh, big-time run in the third quarter. But, um, you know, offensively, it wasn't necessarily a problem getting good shots in the spot. It was, the, it was the defensive end of the floor, and it was the fact that the Hawks just could not make shots throughout the game from the three-point range. So, uh... First quarter-wise, the Hawks picked up three fouls in a hurry. About the first 90 seconds of the game, they couldn't really afford that. Couldn't really afford that. I will say, foul trouble was not a huge problem throughout. Um, both Collins and Cam Reddish ended up with five fouls each, but they weren't like lacking minutes because of that. Both guys top 30 minutes in a game that was blowout. So, fortunately, the Hawks did avoid that for the most part. A nine to four run to open up from Toronto, and they, they basically led the entire game. Um, there were a couple of exceptions where the Hawks were cutting it a little bit from, but from you know, basically from the opening moments, the Hawks never really led in this spot. Um, you know, 17-10 in the early going for Toronto as well. I thought Young was uncharacteristically sloppy in the first quarter of this contest with a couple of turnovers that were kind of bad from him. They did have three assists, and he definitely heated up later on, but it was not the best night from Trey, and that started off early on. Still, the Hawks were able to get good looks from three-point range early on. They had eight attempts in the first seven minutes, 
And uh, on the flip side, though, the defense, is sort of an ominous way, was allowing the Raptors to get whatever they wanted on that end of the floor. That's kind of the theme that I want to say throughout the game here. Toronto's offense is pretty good. It's not like it's not elite, but in this game, they got whatever they wanted the entire game, really, um, on the offensive end of the floor. And that was uh, at least partially because the Hawks' defense was pretty bad from start to finish in this spot. Um, Trey did get and the one foul trouble moment of the whole game that I wanted to really point out was that Trey got his second foul in the first quarter. Probably lost some um, rhythm as a result of that, and the Hawks went to uh, a Jeff T lineup. Also went with Damian Jones alongside John Collins for a brief moment there. There was one injury scare with Kevin Herter limping to the sidelines at one point, but he actually fortunately was able to come back in the game and looks to be okay after uh, a little bit of a, of, of a frightening scene there when he, when he limped to the sideline. Um, Collins was very, was very good throughout the game, and I thought fantastic in the early going. He had 11 of the first 21 for the Hawks to, to kind of keep them engaged. Um, kind of a funny theme in the first quarter. The Hawks had five shots blocked in the first period, including three jump shots. Just a lot of strangeness going on with that. I did slow down um, later on in the game, and the Raptors only had six blocks in the entire game, but five of them, again, came in the first like 10 minutes of this contest. Um, they got into some, some weird lineups late in the first quarter, and really throughout the game, playing two point guards along with Vince Carter, Damian Jones. Part of that's out of necessity, and in fact, the Hawks only played nine guys in the competitive portion of this game, choosing to go without Travion Graham and Charlie Brown. No big surprise there, but it does kind of speak to the fact that the Hawks are just very shorthanded um, on this night without Len, Fernando, and Bembry, as well as Parker, who's been out for quite some time now. But um, in the first quarter, it was basically, that was the worst offensive quarter for the Hawks in the entire game with an 85 offensive rating. They were 2 of 12 from 3. And then defensively, it was kind of a theme throughout the game, they just couldn't get stops. Um, Vince Carter did heat up a little bit later on, which was nice to see. Vince had a nice, a couple of nice stretches offensively in this spot. Um, the, the Raptors used an 8-0 run, though, to take a 15-point lead in the early going of the second quarter. There's a little bit of a uh, pushback from the Hawks behind Vince, who had 10 points in, in the uh, six minutes that he, that he played early on. It was 4-5 or five from the floor. But um, the Raptors pushed the lead up to 17, and that was kind of uh, you know ominous, I would say. Later on in the period, Toronto did finally stop scoring for a, for, for a few minutes. They had two points in about a three-and-a-half, four-minute span that allowed the Hawks to get back within 11, um, you know, and actually got, got it down to nine and then down to eight, actually, after a couple of uh, nice plays by John Collins with 18 points eight, and eight rebounds at that point in time. Um, Marcus Hall got his third foul, and uh, things seems to be going in uh, in the Hawks' direction, but then Toronto stopped the bleeding in a hurry with a 7-0 run before halftime. Um, DeAndre Hunter did, did, did hit a, a buzzer-beating three at the end of the half to give the Hawks some momentum, I would, I would say, going into halftime, down only 12. It felt like it was um, you know within striking distance at, at, at that point in time because the Hawks just could not make shots. If they ever if they ever decided to make shots in this game, it might have been a little bit closer at that point in time. Um, but you know it's, it is worth noting here, the Hawks were 6-24 of 24 from three, in the first half, um, it didn't get much better from, better than that from there. But I want—I have this written down now that I wanted to make sure I emphasize this. The Hawks did enter this game dead last in the NBA in three-point shooting at 32.5%. They were worse than that in this game, and the shot quality was good. There is this eternal debate um, that I saw on Twitter happening tonight and just in general about what to do when teams are not making shots, even though they're good shots from three-point range. There are some people that think that they, they have to just stop shooting those shots and uh, sort of attack the rim because they're, they're, they're just not making them. We're on the flip side, and I think I'm more in this camp. If you're getting open threes, these, these guys are professionals. They have to keep shooting them. That's That would be where I am with that. Lloyd Pierce kind of opened his, his post-game address talking about the fact that they were pleased with the shot attempts. Uh, just missed a ton of wide-open looks. I would definitely agree with that. It was, it was probably the biggest theme in the entire game is just the Hawks missing wide-open shots. But I want to point that out now. 
Obviously, I was on record before the season saying that the Hawks didn't have enough shooting. I I think I've been proven to be right right on that one. At the same time, the shot profile that the Hawks have gotten, at least in this night and really for the the whole season, was very good. They got a lot of open threes from guys who are capable of making them. Um, Other than Kevin Herter and Trey Young, they don't really have a lot of high-end shooters. But guys like Reddish, guys like Hunter, are taking open threes. And those guys have to be able to shoot them, be willing to shoot them, and be aggressive shooting them. So I'm okay if those guys fire away. And Herter had a bad night shooting the ball. That's going to happen. He's I think he's a provingly good shooter at this point in time. But other than that, it's uh, just a weird spot, and the Hawks just missed shots the entire game. We'll come back to that later, but there you go on that. And I thought you know, it's particularly gutting for the Hawks in this spot because Trey Young was being double-teamed and forced sort of the ball out of his hands. At the end of the night, Trey had you know 13 assists, and I thought he did the right thing most of the time. But um, if shooters aren't going to make the, uh, the opposition pay, that's tough for the Hawks because Trey is you know pretty much the one and only playmaker a lot of the time, and he made the, he made the right play. But if guys are going to miss shots, it becomes tough to score when that happens. Um, to the second half, not a whole lot to talk about here, honestly. Pretty uh, other than it was a very uneven start to the third quarter by, by both teams. Neither, neither team scored in the first two minutes. There was a ton of whistles. This game took forever because of the foul because of the foul calls that were being made. Some official reviews, just a lot of weirdness. Um, throughout, honestly. Um, but because they didn't fall too far away from the early on with, with the Hawks just not scoring because Toronto, Toronto, Toronto wasn't really scoring either, it, it, it did feel a little bit winnable. They threatened a bit, getting down by 12 again. But then from that point forward, it was a lot of the Raptors um, putting up back to 18 quickly. Um, Trey Young did come alive. As I said before, the one stretch in this game when Trey was cooking as a scorer, he had 12 points in about an eight-minute spam in the third quarter, getting the Hawks finally within 10 at 91-81, and that was the sort of the best poem, the best moment of the second half, because the Hawks got it to 10, um, it felt like it was, you know, maybe not winnable, but certainly a spot where they could threaten from that point forward, but then Toronto reeled off six straight points just on time when it was getting interesting, and uh, the Hawks were down 14 at the end of the third quarter, and then the first 14 points, yes, 14 points from the from the Raptors in the fourth quarter, a 20-2 run overall and uh, suddenly the Hawks go from down 10 to down 28 and that's the end of the game basically um, garbage time from pr- pretty much that point forward uh, but at that moment I circled it was a, it was 111 to 83 the Hawks were 7 of 40 yes 7 of 40 from three now the rest of the game they were five of seven so that makes the even with their uh, <laughs> good shooting good shooting in the meaningless fourth quarter the Hawks still shot 25 percent from three in this game but before that, 7 of 40 is just remarkably bad from three-point range, particularly when the shots were actually open. At that point in the game, um, Reddish, Reddish was 0 of 7. Herder was 1 of 8. There was just a lot of missed shots from everyone. The Hawks didn't score in the first four minutes of the fourth quarter as well. Finally, Herder hit a three, his second of the night, and finally he got one to go down. And then from there, Reddish actually made four in a row in the fourth quarter, which is, uh, you know... The game was already over, but it was still good to see. You know, you, you want Cam to get some confidence going and make some shots. He was pretty brutal in the first three quarters, but did get hot late, and that makes the numbers look a little bit better for him, and it, it can't hurt his confidence, which is good to see. But other than that, you know, the Hawks got it, got it to 15 at one point with like three minutes to go, but it was still pretty much in full garbage time. It was, it was some Charlie Brown in the fourth quarter. He was uh, he struggled mightily, I will say. Uh, Trayvon Grant came in. There just wasn't too much to talk about in the fourth quarter, and then the Hawks settled in to a 16-point defeat. So big picture in this game, uh, defensively, it was a struggle throughout. Um, the numbers don't look as bad because of the fourth quarter, the way that Toronto kind of peddled it off, but still a 119 defensive rating that is bad. Um, it was it was in the high 120s and maybe even the 130s for um, most of the night before this. I think it was actually worse than the numbers actually look in this spot. 
because the Raptors were 13 and 43 from three, only 30%. Now that was a lot better than the Hawks were in this game, but um, not necessarily their best shooting performance. And as I said before, the Raptors got whatever they wanted offensively. Siakam kind of dominated when he wanted to. Van Bleet was very good in this game. Ibaka had 24 points, 10 rebounds. Terrence Davis was very good. There just wasn't a lot of resistance from the Hawks in this game. And there have been nights when they've been pretty decent defensively in recent days. And the Hawks were 4-3, and three, by the way, in their last seven games before tonight. So there were flashes from this team. But in this spot, the defense was just not competitive. And that was uh, unfortunate. Offensively, the numbers... Aren't good. A 104 offensive rating actually was much worse than that until the fourth quarter when they, when, it, when, it, when basically Cam Reddish decided to make shots and there are a couple more other guys who uh, contributed as well. But the um, you know big picture offensive numbers are pretty rough in this spot. A uh, 18 turnovers that's too many, obviously, and they only made 12 threes. You know, 47 attempts is just fine. I was totally fine with a lot, basically all the shots the Hawks took in this game. But they only made 12 out of, of, of 47. And offensively. I thought they actually played well. Now, playing well and shooting well are different things. If the Hawks made an appropriate amount of open threes in this game, they probably wouldn't have won, but it would have been very competitive. Now, they just didn't do that, which is okay. It's going to happen sometimes. You're going to miss some open shots. It was just maddening the way that shots were being created by Trey Young and others that were just being missed. And there you go on that. And you know, at the end of the day, when you know, prior to Cam making his last four, if you remove those, which you probably shouldn't do, but if you remove those, the numbers just get comical. But even, you know, Trey Young and Kevin Herter were 3 of 16 combined. Those are the two best shooters on the team. So, and Vince made two threes in the first half, if not for those. Like, it, it, it just kind of gets pretty rough. Only one guy shot the ball well for the full game. That was DeAndre Hunter, who was 3 of 8. I guess Cam was 4 of 11 at the end, but that was all in the fourth quarter. So, you know, just a bad shooting night for most guys. It's going to happen sometimes. But, um, you know, in fairness, Toronto's defense is good. In this game, though, the Hawks got the shots they wanted. So if you want to see, if you want to see the positive, I totally understand that. If you want to see the negative and just how bad the offensive output was, I also understand that as well. So there you go on that. We will leave it there for now and come back after a short break with the individual portion of the program. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back with the individual portion of the podcast. We'll go to the bench first in this game. Uh, on the high side, Vince Carter had 10 points and five rebounds, two assists, and two steals in 18 minutes. This is not Vince's last trip to Toronto, unless he gets hurt, because uh, the Hawks do go back to Toronto late in the year. And in fact, that'll be the last road game in Vince's career, which is pretty cool considering all the stuff that he did for Canadian basketball. That's a, that'll be a fun moment. But uh, he was still recognized appropriately by Toronto with another uh, tribute, tribute video standing ovation. Uh, Vince is, is, of course, basically you know up there with you know Chris Bosh and I guess Kawhi Leonard now and Kyle Lowry as like the Mount Rushmore of Toronto Raptors basketball. And he was the first guy, the guy that kind of brought basketball there. So I get all that, and it was uh, it was cool to see him. And there was a nice stretch in the first half when he was playing very well. So shouts to Vince for that. Brandon Goodwin, 10 minutes. He was pretty quiet. He was minus 14. Didn't think he played particularly well, um, although the minus 14 is not only his fault necessarily. Damian Jones struggled, but I thought, you know, it's kind of funny. At the end of the game, because he, because he was in the game in the fourth quarter, he was plus 18. That's kind of misleading. In fact, this is a very misleading plus-minus game for the Hawks in general. We'll talk about a couple more guys in a second. But Damian, I didn't think was very good. It was not as bad as he's been at times recently. He had 7 points, 5 rebounds. I didn't think he was particularly positive, but there you go on that. Jeff Teague, on the other hand, was minus 2, which is pretty good. Um, compared to the rest of the guys on the roster in this game, I thought he was pretty bad, actually. 5 points, 5 assists, did have 4 steals, which is worth pointing out. But Jeff's offense was shaky in this spot. And defensively, the effort was not terribly high. I know the steals are good, but um, I thought Jeff was not very good in this game. And then finally, uh, Charlie Brown, Travian Graham just didn't play enough other than Charlie making his mark in a negative way in the fourth quarter. To the starters in this game, um, we'll save the best for last with uh, John Collins. But Kevin Herter struggled, 9 points. 
minus 25, one assist, one steal, four rebounds, three of 10 from the floor, two of nine from three. Missed two free throws as well, which is not, ne- not necessarily like him. They're actually in the same set. He was 0 of 2 in that one trip to the free throw line. Um, Kevin's had better nights. He did play 38 minutes to lead the team, and he, they needed him on the court, but um, he was one of the one of the offenders that missed a bunch of open shots. It's going to happen, but there you go. Um, DeAndre Hunter, I thought was okay. 15 points, four assists, six rebounds in 33 minutes. He was minus 10, 6, six of 13 from the floor, 3 of 8 from 3. I thought he was just, you know, average-ish in this game. Didn't play bad, didn't play great. Just kind of did what he was supposed to do for the most part, um, which is probably on the higher side from where, from where a lot of guys were in the spot. Cam Reddish finished with a nice night. Um, statistically, he had 18 points, 6 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block shot in 30 minutes. With 7, 7, 7 of 16 from the floor, 4 of 11 from 3. As I said before, he started the game two of nine, um, or two. No, sorry, two of eleven and zero of seven from three. So good, a, a nice fourth quarter saved the day for Cam. Um, you know, defensively he was actually pretty good. He was one of the few guys on the on the team that actually competed defensively in this spot. So you know, the highs of the fourth quarter, the lows of the rest of the offensive game for Cam, and it kind of mixes out somewhere in the middle. Trey Young, 18 points, 13 assists, and have seven turnovers, which is too many for Trey. And as I said before, I thought the first half, at least the first quarter, he was kind of sluggish in a weird way. Still able to be productive, which is a credit to him. Defensively, it was not great from Trey. Um, one of seven from three. Got to the line for eight free throws, made seven of them. So it wasn't like he was a disaster. This is a below average game for Trey Young, but um, to say that out loud while also acknowledging that he had 13 assists kind of speaks to how good Trey Young is, that he can play a below average game and still finish with 18 and 13. So there you go on that. Um, lastly, John Collins was legitimately good. Eight, 28 points, 12 rebounds, had a block shot, did a four turnovers, but 11 14 from the floor. Six of six on the free throw line. And the other weird plus minus game, I mentioned this before about Damian Jones being plus plus 18. John Collins was minus 31. That is not indicative. I thought John Collins was the best player on the court for the Hawks in this game. And the fact that he finished minus 31 is uh, not indicative again. So, you know, single game plus minus can be instructive if you, if you back it up with, with your eyes and just kind of what happened in the game. But in this in this spot, that was not representative of what transpired. I actually thought that John was pretty good here um, amid some dicey circumstances when he was kind of asked to carry a massive workload in the front court. If the game had been competitive, I think Collins would have played close to 40 minutes. Um, he was up near uh, his normal like baseline of around 30 at the end of the third quarter. He, he probably would have, would have been pushing uh, far more into the uh, high 30s if the game had been close. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been weird at times this year that Collins has not played more in different spots. I'm not sure if there's like a soft minutes limit for him at times, but he was going to go over it today if, if, if it existed. And uh, for a while there, he was the only thing that was going well for the Hawks offensively. Um, okay, we can look ahead a little bit to the game on Thursday. I do have a podcast that I'm hoping to be recorded in between these two games, but um, the Hawks are back in action at home on Thursday against the Sixers. Another tough spot there for the Hawks. As I talked about before, the schedule gets easy in February, but until you get there, um, yeah, not necessarily going to be there just yet because the Sixers um, are good at basketball. Now, is that, is that game winnable if you play well? Sure it is. It's not like you can't beat them there, but Philly won tonight. They'll be on re- they'll be on regular rest on Thursday on the road, and you know, and beads back for them now. So obviously the Hawks should be underdogs in that game. We'll see how they respond. And they're now five and twenty away from home this year as as compared to seven sixteen at home. That's not a small difference. I mean, I guess it's not a huge one either. But the Hawks are better at home as most teams are, and we'll see how they respond in that spot. But again, even with this loss, they're four and four in their last eight. It's a small sample size, but the Hawks have been more competitive this game, notwithstanding. And again, if they had just made shots at a reasonable rate in this spot, it would have been much more competitive and uh, would have been looking better on the scoreboard. So take solace in that if you are a Hawks fan, even if there's not enough shooting on this roster right now. 
Okay, um, last thing uh, here on the podcast, please subscribe to the show. If you've if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you know someone in your life that enjoys the Hawks, please tell them about the show. It's been uh, really nice to have some growth this year. I really appreciate everybody that's already listening regularly and subscribing and downloading and telling friends, but please go ahead and do that for me. I really appreciate that. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. If you'd like to do that, follow the show at Locked on Hawks. We'll be here again. I'm planning on a podcast. And I never like to talk about who I'm going to have on the show, but I have a guest lined up. Hopefully that does not fall through. On Wednesday, that will be going up for the uh, Thursday morning commute and then the game on Thursday, etc., etc. So please stay tuned for all of that, and we'll see everybody next time.